I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Yo, here we are again, Alex McCarthy's Wrestling Daily. But this time, it's a different co-host in the opposite corner to myself. It is Digital Spies, Stephanie Chase. Steph, how are you, friend? I am su- in such a good mood. I almost feel like I should sing to you, Alex, but Ooh. since singing and wrestling will not be topped after last night, I'm not even going to try. No, that's very fair. Let me let me just quickly get on that. MJF has some pipes, by the he way. He, he's improved since a child, that's for sure. <laughs> Like, uh, I, I, when he started singing, I was like, is that actually his voice? Do you know, like, sometimes in, like, a movie, you think that's someone else's. I was like, wow. Like, he's, I'm, I'm sorry, Jericho. He's better than Jericho. Jericho's on tour and everything. When they both started singing, I was like, is this in my head or is this actually on my TV? Did I just <laughs> manifest this or is it real? But, yeah, we'll get to that. <laughs> yes, we will get to that because, of course, Wednesday nights is the Wednesday Night Wars per se, and that is AEW NXT. Uh, welcome, everyone, once again in the comments. We really enjoy your presence and interaction with the show. Remember, if you super chat us for any amount, we will read out the comment uh, at any point in the show. So please do stay on top of that. I would be remiss not to mention as well, we are on podcast right now. You can go ahead and if you fail to keep up with this and you want it for your journey, Spotify, Apple, all of your regular podcast outlets, you can get us. So without further ado, let's talk about what we are going to talk about tonight. Of course, there's NXT. Of course, there's AEW. We've got some news to get through as well, um, which, of course, Wrestling Daily should do. Uh, And on top of that, we've got the hot takes, the hot sizzling hot takes that we're getting known for now. Um, but I feel with Steph Chase in the building, we need to get off on the right foot. The Jericho-holic herself. I'm actually um, AJ Styles tonight. There you go. Oh, old school. Old school AJ Styles. Um, old school Jericho, for sure. Well, exactly. We're showing our age already, Steph. Um, <laughs> so let's dip into um, AEW's show because for me, um, without you know getting into it too hard, I, I'm very... I just feel like they keep hitting it out of the park lately. Thought it was another great show. I know we're going to get to the moment where Alex Reynolds got hurt, which unfortunately is a bit of a sour note for me. But other than that, man, there are so many things that hit the right notes for me here. So let's start off with the tournament, Steph, right? Um, advancing last night was uh, Kenny Omega, in impressive fashion, by the way. Um, Wardlow, we've got Phoenix, 
Um, even though it, it looks like he got hurt in his match too. So, you know, we'll have, to, we'll have to stay posted on what happened there. And, of course, Hangman Page got past Colt Cabana. Steph, give us your takes on what you saw from that. Firstly, Wardlow and Jungle Boy, I thought that was really good. I honestly believe these two are the future of, of AEW. Give it a couple of years and the whole company will be built around these two guys. They have just so much potential not just as wrestlers, but as potential with the reach both, especially Jungle Boy. He really, um, he's really going to be like their teen, teen heartthrob of AEW, but Wardlow is really, really great. And I just love how they're not pulling the trigger on him too soon and they're just keeping him with MJF, showing a little bit of tension. I, I just love the booking of Wardlow. Uh, Kenny, the cleaner, is back. Ah. Uh... What an entrance! That was <laughs> that was so over the top. That made Cody look pedestrian. <laughs> uh, that was really good. And um, personally, Kiss getting beaten so so quick though. But you know, he did come in as a replacement for Joey Janela. Um, they serve the purpose, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was. It's a really good way to show that this is a different Kenny that we're getting right now. Uh, this is new Kenny, but he did give a nice little hug at the end. Uh, but the uh, Penta and Phoenix match was just awesome, outrageously good, absolutely amazing. Especially that um, destroyer at the end was wow, fantastic, fantastic. Um, and I'm glad to see Hangman Page advancing against Cole as as he should have, as was yeah. right. Absolutely. Uh, let's get to our first super chat of the evening. That would be from CM Chris. Apart from the two injuries, AEW is uh, is being on top form as per usual. Can't argue with that. I said to Steph before we came on air, I feel like apart from the recent resurgence of SmackDown, I haven't enjoyed a show more than Dynamite this year. And this comes from a guy who is famously called for being <laughs> really biased towards NXT. So you know, you can quote me here. I think Dynamite's been a fantastic show in um, in 2020. Steph, would you say it's the best product at the moment? Oh, absolutely. I think Dynamite's the best show that we've seen in years, really, as a wrestling fan. Like, last night's show, for example, it just flew by. did not feel like a two-hour show, and it was so stacked. And I, I always say, like, I got into wrestling through sitting watching WCW Nitro, <laughs> uh, sitting there for like two hours with my little snacks as a very 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 young little girl and just I had this excitement the whole time and I never wanted it to end and I got sad when it would end but I keep thinking about what will happen next week and I feel the same about AEW and I don't think I felt that way my entire adult life so <laughs> Dynamite yeah absolutely top show. Well it's worth noting uh, for Zabazi yes we will recap NXT. That will be coming after Dynamite. So moving forward uh, with the show, when we think about Dynamite last night, <laughs> it is Ladina de Bollier. Um, Man, Jericho and MJF. I was looking forward to the state dinner. I did not know I was going to be getting show tunes on top of that. I had no idea MJF had the pipes that he's got. Um, man, I just... I saw what Jim Cornette said earlier. Um, I saw that some of the old timers and some of the people, he said that because he was really hard on MJF. Yeah. And he basically sent a tweet saying, oh, like, he's ruined it. Or that will teach me for um, giving anyone praise, like lesson learned or something like that. I thought, come on, man. Um, he learned to ignore 
Jim Cornette because any um, like good favor Jim Cornette has had, he has totally ruined in the past couple of years. And I think it's time to ignore Jim Cornette. It's 2020. Come on. Can we not just get rid of Jim Cornette? Everything that's happened this year and, you know, we're still listening to Jim Cornette's picks. Come on. Yeah. I mean, I really kind of hate that whole notion anyway, that like negativity begets money or attention. Like there's so many people that like profit off that. I I don't really get that. Um, Not here, Steph. Not here. All right. Um, Man, I, I think, like I said, I I saw some takes when I woke up this morning of people being like, oh, this isn't wrestling or I didn't like it. I think even if it isn't for you, you have to admit, man, it was wildly entertaining. Um, it, I thought both of them knocked it out of the park. And it's one of them things. I feel the same way about this, Steph, as I did with Jericho and Kevin Owens. Like, I know that there's going to be the tension eventually, mm-hmm. but I'm enjoying the ride so much of mm-hmm. these two that, like, I, the chemistry they have is just fantastic. Like, Give us your thoughts on um, the state dinner for the ages. I'm going to try and give you my thoughts without like happy crying or anything. (laughs) I don't want to put you through that, especially on the first episode. Um, I loved this so much. I watched it with my mouth like the entire time (laughs) when they started down and they started to have the dinner. Firstly, I was really excited for this because I am a Jericholic and I'm very high on MJF. So when they sat down for the dinner, it's like, yeah, this is pretty funny. I did not see the song coming at all. And firstly, like who, what other two people in wrestling could pull that off? I really don't think that like you have these two guys who are so talented in more areas than just being great wrestlers and putting them together and doing something as memorable and brilliant as that. It was just, it, it was incredible. And then also, I'm currently doing a massive rewatch of Glee. So I felt really... Side note. <laughs> yeah, well, everyone has to know that I'm currently rewatching Glee. I'm really in love with Darren Chris. He's amazing. So this was like personally catered to me. I was watching this thinking, my gosh, do they know that I'm doing a rewatch of Glee right now? Because so I'm used to people just, you know, having a normal conversation and then getting up and doing a show tune. So I felt it was totally normal, a totally normal thing that you would see happening in any restaurant where two guys are having a steak dinner together. <laughs> but the other thing I want to say, like for anyone that said it's word wrestling or whatever, my personal opinion is because as you know, Alex, I am not high on some many things, all things that WWE has done with mm. the food, with the cinematic matches, especially the Firefly Funhouse match. I did not like that at all. And in my head, as um, someone who is still the little girl that used to watch Night Joe, if I can make sense of something in the universe that has been built, then I'm completely okay with it. There was no way I could make sense of the firefly funhouse like this was just you know a fantasy going on in a guy's mind like i cannot make sense of that being on my tv you can tell me that mjf and chris jericho these two characters not the actual men the characters decided to do a song and dance number during a dinner film it hire some dancing girls everything and i'm like yeah i totally expect that of them i totally expect that of those two characters so i love i loved it so much uh it was it was amazing. And I think it's going to end up being a legendary AW moment. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I don't think anyone's going to forget about it anytime soon. Uh, I mean, I personally liked 
I, I was about to make a sweeping statement uh, saying that I liked the WWE cinematic matches. I didn't like all of them, <laughs> right? Um, but I did like Taker one. Yeah, and um, I did think I thought the the uh, Firefly Funhouse was creative. I, I, I quite I and mean, I liked it. I liked it, but I I found myself last night. Um, I was so I think like you know that nice surprise like that shock oh. where I just didn't see it coming at all. Um, I didn't see it coming, and I I had thought a lot about this dinner, and that was not something that was ever in my mind that they were going to do that. It was so amazing. Well, let's keep it moving for AEW since we've waxed lyrical on the dinner at Debonair. Um, Britt Baker, she's back and picking up a victory. Um, you know, it looked pretty good along the way. And of course, we got to the tag team match, which set us up for, well, the dream match that has been in waiting for a long time of the Young Bucks and FTR. Of course, we're not talking about this dream match. No, not that one. FDR and the Young Bucks. Um, the unfortunate thing, before we actually get into the action, because it was good, very, very good. Of course, uh, we've got in the tournament that we, you know, Ray Phoenix looks like he's hurt now. And Alex Reynolds suffered a bad injury, or is at least knocked out cold in the main event. Um, now, I'm, as I say, I'm not an overtly negative person on wrestling, but I think it's pretty unexcusable the way that was handled. Um, I understand it's wrestling. I understand that it's live TV and there's a million variables that can go along. But there was chances to help him. They had more. He was left lying in that ring where lots going on around him, a lot of danger. There was too long that they didn't help him out. I felt like the ref, um, Rich Knox, should have should have certainly realised or at least gone and checked when the tag was happening with uh, Blade. It was to me that was just a bit. I, I, I don't. I would love to see AW come out and kind of talk about that because I don't think they were smelling of roses after the Matt Hardy thing, and I think this is kind of another example where they need to talk about how serious they take things and give us an update on Alex Reynolds more than anything else because I, I want to know how the guy's doing, man. Like that. That was scary. You watch that clip that I posted on Twitter. It's scary stuff. He's like literally lying there out of the count, out cold. And no one seems to really, I don't want to say it like this because I don't think this is what they meant, but it was like getting their spots in was more important. Like don't ruin the match that was happening where really that guy's health should have took precedence for me. Have you got any ulterior takes to that or anything you want to add, Steph? I think with this is not excusing what happened, but there was so much going on in that match. There's so many competitors and then, with the kind of style that the competitors work, especially the Young Bucks, you know, spots flying everywhere. I would say maybe next time, if you're going to have that big a match, maybe put someone on the outside that could look out for stuff like that. I think that's the best way to deal with it. If there was an extra pair of eyes there who wasn't, you know, a referee that's helping with, with calling spots, timing things, looking for pinfalls, just someone outside that's just looking out to see, is everyone okay? I think that's maybe the best thing that you could do in that situation going forward. Yeah, like we're not trying to like, you know, grill anyone. I'm, it's all just, they're all, I guess, learning and trying to put these things in places and get it right. No one wants to see a guy hurt. But at the end of the day, like that, that you know, to, for me, it was too long. It was just too long. So I, I would have liked, um, but I just hope that that guy is fine. Hope to see Alex Reynolds back in action sooner rather than later on that one. But getting to the action, 
the Young Bucks picked up the victory, Steph. Um, did you think maybe we'd hold off on this tag match or is now the right time? Um, it's kind of weird where they're at character-wise, I think, because um, it's kind of murky, right? You don't know what the Young Bucks are kind of uh, kind of in between, but they've shown a lot of heel tendencies. And then FTR are, are rolling heel as well. So um, do you think now's the right time? Uh, either way, the action is going to be can't miss. Um, I wouldn't have pulled the trigger yet on it. Uh, I really wouldn't have. I would have left it until next year, especially with the Young Bucks being in this position where we're not quite sure who they are, what they're meant to be. And FTR just coming across as so heelish, especially at the end of the match. So I actually think I would have held off. But I'm so excited for it. It's going to be awesome. Well, either way, I think Dynamite, we can all agree, um, bar barring the unfortunate events of the two injuries, it was another great show, Steph. Yeah, it was. It, it was a five-star show. Maybe take off a little bit of a star for <laughs> Just a smidge of a star. All right, okay. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. All right, before we jump into the NXT review, let's jump into a little bit of the news. So the BSometer can make its debut on a Steph Chase show. Um, first up, I believe, is Inside the Ropes, and they're talking about Elias getting a real push to be a, a central figure on Raw. Um, I mean, this is something we've kind of, we've heard um, intermittently, that they're high on Elias or that people like him, whatnot. Injuries have really been the thing that have have held him back, right? It's, not, it's nothing really to do with Elias, but now that he's been put over to Raw, it looks like, they could have some big plans for him. And that starts with Jeff Hardy at Hell in a Cell on Sunday. Steph, how much stock do you put into this report? Um, 
Yeah, I feel like every week there's a new WWE guy they're high on. So that's mm -hmm. the only reason I would mark down this report. As far as with Elias, you know, I don't, I think that they just still haven't figured out who Elias is or who his place is or the best way to work that character. But on the BS bill, I'd go pretty low. I'd say this is probably quite truthful. Mm. Are we thinking middle of the road? Is that what we're going to give them? A middle with a nudge to the accurate. Okay. I mean, technically, that would be what our correct one is because our green one, <laughs> that would be really green. But, yeah, anyway, that's kind of where we're going with that. Um, it's more to the green. I could believe it, right? And the thing is, you do see that all the time. Um, people saying, oh, yeah, Vince is high on this guy or they're set to push this guy. And it kind of, you know, I, I heard that with Keith Lee after he beat Orton clean. And now I'm looking at it thinking, I mean, maybe they have plans for him, but he's not being pushed to the moon like I had expected. So, um, yeah, I, it is always hard. I think sometimes Vince just needs like a list where he can write down people he's high on and just keep track of it so that he, he doesn't forget that he's high on someone. Yeah, because I don't think it's even so much that these reports happen. It's more that, you know, I could believe that Vince changes his mind as much as these reports emanate, right? Like, yeah. it, it's a bit of both. It's a bit of both. Um, I will say that um, Dave Meltzer has been saying on the Wrestling Observer that AJ Styles' bodyguard, Jordan Omobihin, that's, that's, what, that's what I'm going with, um, is in the role of bodyguard because his in-ring development is not coming along that well. Um, I don't know how much of the report as that is, as that is probably just putting two and two together. I mean, the guy is still really green. It's not like he has any prior experience coming to WWE. He's one of their like performance center projects. Mm -hmm. Seven foot three. It's a lot to ask them to pick up the footwork and stuff, right? Yeah, it is. I feel this is more of the case of they want him on TV and they, no, he's rather than saying, Hey, mate, you're not very good. We're going to make your bodyguard. It's more like we want you to have that TV experience. We know you're still training. We're going to give you this role because we want you to kind of progress quickly as far as making yourself into superstar because you're an absolute giant and we love that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's no surprise that WWE do love that. And for what it's worth, I don't think like, you know, you're not doing great in the ring. So just come here and, you know, be next to AJ Styles is the worst thing in the world. <laughs> to me, that sounds like quite an upgrade if I'm Jordan. I'm like, yeah, hell yeah, I'll come and do that. Um, yeah, it's better to get like a bit of a one-on-one chiglage from AJ Styles and get close to him than it would be to be in like a class of 20 trying to trying to learn. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think, yeah, it's a, it's a step up in every sense of the word. I, I think um, Dave's probably right, but it's not like, you know, groundbreaking news if that makes sense so i'm going to give him the the green ish <laughs> uh ometer. so there you have it and then before we move into another bit of uh, business in the news um sean ross Sapp, he's been at it again with his fightful uh select reports which i must say i hold in very high regard shout out to uh, srs um he says that paul Heyman's time as raw executive director uh, and that he designed a lot of the the draft in 2019 when he actually controlled that. He actually passed on a lot of kind of, uh, you know, established names, like Braun Strowman being one. He wanted more people that he could work with, you know, polished um, but underutilised workers. And I think we can all see that from how it played out on Raw. Um, and the same sources say that Triple H and Stephanie McMahon did not 
want the job on Monday Night Raw. Triple H very happy doing what he's doing in NXT with his little squad. And Stephanie very happy being Chief Brand Officer. Steph, what do you make of all of that? I think that seems like a very accurate report. Firstly, if you know anything about Paul Heyman and how he worked ECW, like he is the guy that took people like even Jericho and Austin and um, Pillman and elevated them before they got to the WWE. So he's very much someone that likes to invest in new talent rather than, and especially like slightly smaller talent, so rather than like Ron Strowman bringing in um, some of the guys that he did. So I think that's totally accurate. As for Triple H and Stephanie, being in charge of Raw sounds like a totally thankless job. So I'm, I can see why they would be just happy doing what they are, especially Triple H, who it does treat NXT like his baby. I, I personally think that even if Triple H was like handed Raw on a platter, um, he would still opt to have his like NXT babies. Like He's so proud of that part of the company so i don't see that changing anytime soon um yeah so uh, i'm i've got no choice i would i want this to be more green in fact um but that's as green as we've got so srs we believe you brother okay um, yeah exactly uh guys just anyone this uh, watching this show at the moment thank you very much for tuning in remember to super chat us if you would like steph and i to read out your comment uh you can do that at any time until then Steph, I think we should give you the first hot take. Mm -hmm. And would you believe it? It's from Mr. Wrestle Talk himself. Hi, Louie. Hi, Alex McCarthy. Hi, Wrestling Daily. I'm Mr. Davis, of course. And my hot take is that AEW's like most biggest mispotential piece of booking is Pentagon Junior. I say it every week. The man should be at the top of the company. He should be in the main event. But he's mixing it up in mid to undercard factions. That he's the key to unlocking a huge Hispanic audience. I mean, I actually think Ollie said this prior to last night, and now it looks even greater. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, he definitely is the key to unlocking a, a huge Spanish audience for sure. I mean, it's it's one of them where the worker is just the worker there is incredible, right? It's, it's all on AEW really to just show them in the best stories and get them into the best spots. I, I take what Ollie is saying in the sense that he's just been kind of put into this angle, you know, Eddie Kingston and whatnot. And the, uh, really the death triangle with Pac, I was really intrigued to see what that was going to look like. And obviously for obvious reasons, um, we haven't got that. And I miss Pac dearly anyway. Um, but I do think, uh, I, I can't, I can't disagree with the, the big man, can I? He could cancel us like that. We could, we could be off air. Um, so yes, I'm, I'm going to agree and say uh, Pentagon should have been the guy. Um, I'm sure though that there will be more for him with that company. Last night, I, it was one of the best TV matches I've seen in a while. Yeah, I think so. And also, I think you know we are still only in the first year of of Dynamite, and it doesn't surprise me with a company with the Young Bucks as executive vice presidents that they would want to keep really good tag teams. Uh, together and part of the tag team scene to build themselves as as a tag team company too. And I spoke about this the other day. That actually that that always serves a purpose, in my opinion. You look at the golden era of tag teams in WWE with Edge and Christian, the Hardy Boys, the Dudleys, APA. Um, I think like two thirds of those went on to be world champions, either in 
a WWE or the ECW version of WWE and TNA. So um, it just shows you what equity they can build and grow with people rather than just, you know, for instance, what they're doing with the Iconics right now, just kind of like, well, you know, let's see what happens. Let's break them up and see what happens. Like, don't do that. Like, keep to their strong suits and build them up. Um, you and know. I last night, like, we could one day have a really epic brother or versus brother feud going on. Like, yeah. Exactly. And they don't was, usually work that well, but this one could. Yeah, I was about to say, like, that, just the chemistry I saw last night, like, give me a series of that. I would be more than down. Yeah, I did yeah. say we were going to uh, get into some NXT, so let's do that right now. Um, I did catch the show and uh, as part of my bargain with Steph, and I will say that I thought it was one of the stronger ones in terms of in-ring stuff. I was very happy to see Kushida defeat Velveteen Dream and Tommaso Ciampa, like, I'm glad to see some consistency with that booking. Kushida is someone who has been terribly underutilized for whatever reason since he got to NXT. Um, I can't believe he only had his first takeover match like last month, Steph. That's uh, a kind of a recurring issue with people that come in from New Japan. Yeah, exactly. I mean, saying that, I thought when Shinsuke first came in, right, and he had the match with Sami Zayn, I was like, wow, like this, the presentation and everything. And yeah. then it just slowly went like that. Yeah, they give you that moment of thinking, yeah, it's all going to be okay. And then <laughs> it's going to be okay. <laughs> like you can consoling ourselves. Um, we've got a couple of super chats to get in here. Uh, Bacon Russia, I see you in the comments every day. You're, I, I like you, my friend. Uh, I'm not as interested in FTR and YB as I was when FTR were in WWE. Are you also thoughts on Silver and Reynolds as next champs? Loving the show. Alex, thank you very much, Bacon Russia. Uh, much appreciated. And also, uh, Christopher Jazzcat, hot take G1 over Dynamite, Ibushi and Suki, five star. We will come back to that, Mr. Jazzcat. Uh, thank you for your super chat. But just going back to FTR and the Young Bucks, uh, yeah, but I think that goes without saying, right? Because it's like, it's like the thing you can't have, you want the most. Do you know what I mean? And now that it's there, it makes sense that, you know, now that it's on our plate, sure, I can understand why there might not be as much anticipation. But I think there is. I think people are excited about it, Steph. I think people are excited about it. And it hasn't even played out even about 2% yet, I think. So, yeah, I'm still excited for it. Got a longer story there. And on um, Silver and Reynolds, man, I love John Silver. Um, I think that guy has got, a hell of a lot more in him than just being like a bit part player. He can be someone big for AEW down the line. And I feel like the fans are naturally gravitating to him. And there is nothing better than it organically happening like that with the fans just kind of coming around saying this guy should be more. And I feel like John Silver has that. And yes, him and Reynolds, I really hope they have something substantial together. Steph, I'm going to assume you are a John Silver fan. Yeah, of course. He's so entertaining and he's someone that's really just come out of his shell and um, and he's someone that he's almost kind of there for like the super fans that are watching me in the lead and everything to kind of see him blossom more and now he's going more time on Dynamite. So yeah, I see big things in his future as well. And one day um, when this whole Brody Lee faction explodes, yeah. it going to be so good because they've kind of built up things so well like once everyone stops drinking the kool-aid and they all like turn on the big monster daddy leader it's gonna be amazing <laughs> uh, and also i think this is one that steph should take uh, from jazz cat the g1 dynamite shout uh steph yeah. um you must be so divided on that 
I know that's really split me. So Abushi versus Suzuki, yeah, that was freaking awesome. Um, <laughs> anything with Suzuki is awesome though. But last night's Dynamite was so good. I'm gonna have to say that last night's Dynamite was better. But if Suzuki and Abushi ever want to sing a song together, have my money. <laughs> Guys, if you ever want to see Steph get really excited, just Super Chat has something to do with G1 and Dynamite, and she is ready. Uh, <laughs> excited or torn and heartbroken and confused, but yeah, do it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've totally strayed from NXT, so please, guys, allow me to come back. Around. NXT. <laughs> yes. Okay. I mean, my bad. My bad. Um, anyway, Kushida, good talent, and um, I'm. I was very happy that Dream didn't pick up the victory. I know that sounds malicious, um, but I'm not ready to like him at the moment. Uh, well, there's there's something when he comes out the ring where you know there's he just shouldn't be out there. Exactly. Um, that same organic, lovely feeling we have for John Silver is the absolute opposite for Dream at the moment, and you can just feel it. It does. It, even he doesn't feel right. Does that make sense? Like he's not moving the way he used to. Like that confidence. You can tell there's something going on there in his head or whatever that yeah he shouldn't be on TV. Yeah, I am. Uh, I'm in agreement with you there, Steph. And uh, Ember Moon. Picked up another victory, uh, you know, coming out. And and I like it that with her and Tony Storm, they're having kind of like competitive stuff. Uh, Jesse Camilla giving Ember Moon a go there on NXT. Um, then, so uh, by the way, a big fan of Ember Moon, just before I pass off that too quick. Great talent that I really hope NXT make the most of, uh, which I trust them to do. And Austin Theory, oh boy. Um, that was... I mean, am I, I never used the word burial, and I'm going to assume that this is leading to something else. But he lost twice on the spin and then quit. Mm. Um, what do you think, Beth? Austin Theory is another odd one as well. He uh, had a good outside the ring um, history. Yeah. That's the best I can say about that. Yeah, and the way he's been booked recently makes me just think why did why are you even having this guy on tv if that's what you're going to use with him and he's also someone that's attracting negative attention as well but yeah burial but i do i'm really high on bronson reed yeah and that's the thing like even a year ago i was saying about this on twitter earlier someone asked me like who um who do you think could be and this is good for some guys in the comments so please feel free to let us know um who do you think could be like the next transcendent star who could be the rock the hogan um the austin and i said a year ago i thought honestly i thought velveteen dream was in that conversation like before i know what i knew now right um mm -hmm. just in terms of like his charisma and his moveset and all of that stuff i thought you know what he's he's got something about him um and how the mighty fall and the same with austin theory on the on the surface a year ago i was like wow you know great body like great look and he, he can go in the ring and stuff and it, all those things matter. And I feel like Matt Riddle's suffering from the same thing, to be perfectly honest. Um, mm -hmm. I, it's guys that I was, this is just me speaking, but guys I was previously very high on. It's very hard to feel the same way about them. Yeah. Maybe you just have bad taste. Hmm? <laughs> Maybe you just have bad taste in there. Yeah. No, I mean, that, that, that is probably the common denominator, <laughs> to be fair. Um, but yeah, uh, who we got here from a uh, super chat. 
from Ben Watkin, who joins McAfee, Lorcan, Burtz to face Undisputed Era. Well, Ben, since you've led me here, let's get to the main event and I'll uh, we'll digest that right now. So, of course, earlier on in the show, uh, Undisputed Era were attacked. Roderick Strong could not compete and therefore they lost their tag team title shot and instepped only Lorcan and Danny Birch. What people did not expect was that a masked assailant in Pat McAfee would uh, help them win the titles from Brizango. And uh, judging by the promo after the match, seemingly saw, you know, started some sort of mecha group, which I did not, I, not in a million years would I have actually sat there and gone, that's the three. Um, yeah. But nevertheless, Pat McAfee was hot fire on the mic again. It's undeniable. He really is good on the mic. Um, and that seems to be the direction they're going. It's going to be them three against Undisputed Era. But, of course, that makes a four versus three. So who would be the fourth, Steph? That's so hard. I know. If you can't predict this three, then imagine picking a fourth. <laughs> I know. I'm just trying to think of literally anyone <laughs> that I put in that group. Because it, it's like one of those groups that you, yeah, you'd never put them together, but I actually think it's going to work so well. So you mm. would need someone else. Because Pat McAfee on the mic is as good as Oni Lorcan. Oni Lorcan is on Twitter. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, no, that is fair. That is very. Fair. He really is. Oh, I'm not sure. I mean, you have to imagine that maybe Rich Holland was going to play a factor in this story, and of course, now that's been taken from us. Ironically via only Lorcan's dive to the outside. Um, so I wonder if Pat McAfee is either a substitution for him. Yeah. Um, but I assume not so, because I don't think Ridge Holland was the talker that Pat McAfee is. So um, you have to imagine that either they've switched directions or they do have an idea for the fourth. Um, you know, I'd be very interested to hear what guys in the comments think should be the fourth. Um, you know, a lot of people are, are talking about, What's Johnny Gargano up to apart from hating wheels? Um, <laughs> Gargano, they're so stuck to that Gargano Candice team. Uh, it's not going to be him. Yeah, I mean, Twitter, um, Triple H has already said that, right? That the Gargano way has got a lot more legs in it. So, man, I, I, I must say, I love the swerve. I love, it. I love it when I watch wrestling and I can't see something coming um, yeah. and I'm taken by surprise. And that is how I felt with NXT we last night. I love Danny Birch, by the way. Danny Birch is such a nice guy. Um, I think have you interviewed him as well, Steph. I feel like you have. No, I haven't. Oh, well, we had like a conference call not long ago. I know Alistair was on it, our good our good friend from the Metro. Um, and yeah, he's such a lovely bloke. So I was and just knowing how much it meant to him, even to lose to Undisputed Era at a takeover. Like, I can't imagine what he was buzzing like last night, winning the titles and getting a prominent main event slot. So delighted for um, our fellow Brit. And yeah, man, I, I think when we tie up NXT, there's two more matches that we didn't get into because we jumped. And I don't want to skip over because, uh, well, it's not a match, but Drake Maverick and Killian Dane. Oh, Steph hates it. I can see in her face. Why? I don't like it at all. Oh, Steph. I'm sorry. Look up, Steph. I'm just, I'm never going to get behind this Drake Maverick stuff. Um, Killian Dane, the Beast of Belfast, allegedly. I thought that was me, to be honest. 
and <laughs> I don't know how he's found himself in this situation, but uh, no, I, this is not what I would have done with Killian Dean. I feel like we don't need hot takes on this show anymore. We've got Steph. She's like the hot take machine. <laughs> oh, that was Louis saying that it's the best thing in NXT right now. Steph. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Ron Bombi says another hot take from Steph. There you go. Like it's, you know, you've taken the show and you've, you've made it your own Steph already. That's what you've done. Um, <laughs> straight out of the fire apparently um poor kid. I, I hear you but I, I do feel like i'd like to see where it goes um i do feel like they're quite funny together um it doesn't hurt it doesn't hurt um i just want to see what they're going to do there um what i did like and i'm a big fan of is casey catanzaro i like her very much i think um there's nobody like her on not the nxt roster not the wwe roster her athleticism and style I don't think um, I, I think she stands alone like that. The, the only maybe issue in the Vince McMahon lens would be the size, I guess, from being like a top, you know, true top talent. Um, of course, you know, I know the argument. Well, that doesn't stop Rey Mysterio, but not everyone's Rey Mysterio. Um, you know, I feel like she does have a big ceiling though, and I'm glad to see her picking up some victories because she was kind of jobbing the first half of, of this year. So, well, and, and she took a break from wrestling too. So I'm very. Um, Happy to see her picking up victories. And Zia Lee, who everyone that I've ever spoken to in NXT loves, apparently she's an absolute machine in the gym. Seamus told me that, in fact. Um, yeah, she's an absolute animal, apparently. Um, and it looks like they have a storyline for her, at least, because that's been carrying on the last few weeks with the notes and whatnot. Um, so, yeah, I, mean, I feel like we've accomplished... Uh, I love it when you accomplish two things with one. Even though she lost, there's a story that keeps rolling along. And um, are you high on Casey Catanzaro as well, Steph? Yeah, definitely. She's someone unique and she's someone different and she'd be really good to just mix things up a little bit. But I think sometimes like NXT suffers from the problem with that the women are just so good that it's so hard to like place everyone and give oh, everyone something. But she's she's finally getting something in Zylie as well. Yeah, and, and I haven't said that. I wouldn't mind seeing more of, um, you know, Caden Carter, Catanzaro uh, tag team. That'd be fine. Um, you know, we've only really scratched the surface there. But, I, you know, so I think it was a good show for NXT. Like on any other week, if, if a Dynamite doesn't run, you go, that's a really good show. But Dynamite yeah. show, for me, um, did show you this week. No, I thought NXT was better. No, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. NXT had no singing or dancing. But <laughs> Dynamite was was this show this week they were one show tune away from winning the wednesday night wars you know you've got it or you don't you've got it or you don't So if we dig into the news once again, Steph, um, there's quite a few, in, you know, nice bits coming along, which I wouldn't call, you know, scoops per se. But did you see what Seth Rollins had to say about Roman Reigns today? I did see. And that was quite interesting. Mm. Uh, Seth telling us that this is more of the, the real woman. 
Yes. Yeah, that's exactly what he told the bump. He said that um, I say kudos to Roman Reigns for finally taking the ball by the horns instead of riding the ball, which I think is actually a very pertinent statement to make because that's true. He was kind of just being guided, we're told to do with WWE. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't really his fault. Um, but now he's doing things his way and look at the results we're getting. Uh, to me, I'm all about it. I'm happy to see his success anywhere he goes and whatever he does. Ah, Doesn't that just warm the shield heart? It does. I think the interesting thing with Roman is um, he was someone that was pretty much like handed a pretty big position because they saw stuff in him and it was something that he wasn't ready for. The fans weren't ready for. And I think sometimes you can feel like when someone's given a position like that, that they must kind of have everything they want. But as Seth said, he was someone that was just kind of being guided and saying, Yep, I'll do that rather than maybe standing up for himself more. And I think now, like, we can see from watching him that this character feels a lot more like what he wants to do and what he should be doing than anything we've ever seen before. So the proof is definitely in his recent output. Yeah, I thought you were going to say proof in the pudding then. Um, but it was in my head and I thought that's a terrible phrase. <laughs> it's not a good idiom. I'll give you that. Um, uh, Aquil says Roman finally holds the reins, which is maybe, you know, maybe as bad as proof in the pudding, to be fair. But <laughs> they're not wrong. They are not wrong, Aquil. Thank you very much for your comment. Um, yeah, I, I actually think that. Roman right now, it's not a hot take to say this, but he's obviously doing the best work of his career. Heyman mm -hmm. is having a heavy influence on that. And Roman basically has outlet, you know, overtly said he wouldn't have returned had he not been able to get his way. Like this was kind of the bargaining chip with WWE. He wanted to do this. Roman's not silly. Like he heard the crowd. Do you think he enjoys that? That's got to be, that's got to be awful for Roman. If you're putting your heart and soul out there, which I always felt he did, by the way, like, nobody could ever, say Roman's work rate wasn't great or, you know, he wasn't a great guy for the company because he was and he had it all there as we see right now. But the booking was like, you'd imagine he'd get a break, but like six years of crap booking is a long time. Like yeah. just being forced down people's throats. How could they have not seen it before now? Like, I just think this, there's one thing to turn heel, right, Steph? That That's one thing. But this tribal chief thing is a really, really good fit. It is. It works so perfectly for him and it brings in so much other stuff of his history and um, and like his family history and everything because the, the whole history and lineage that Roman Reigns has is so um, amazing and incredible that can be used to his advantage and using it to his advantage is not just saying like, hey, Rock, can you go out there and hold hands with your cousin so everyone knows that your family? It's actually doing stuff like what they're doing now. Um, you know, him shooting with <laughs> Was that a hot take? <laughs> no, it, it, was, it was good because... Um... When you actually think about it, that is one of the most one-dimensional thought processes ever. Hmm, the fans might not like this booking we're doing, so let's send the rock out and placate them. Mm -hmm. uh, no, that's not going to work. So anyway, sorry to have cut you off. I, I enjoyed your take. <laughs> yeah, what they're doing right now, it feels so much more authentic to him. And then Paul Heyman, even before this, he's... He sowed those seeds when he talked about Roman's past and his work with Roman's family. Um, and that was like, this is probably accidental, but really great 
like long-term booking when, when Paul actually joined him because you could even make a little storyline in your head that Roman when he was away was sitting watching these old tapes where Paul was like having a go at him about you know what his family were and how great they were and who he is and was thinking you know what I'm just going to give in and call Paul and say hey hey can you help me actually like get a handle on who I am everything I've got to give and my lineage and not make me just have to hold Dwayne's hand again <laughs> and, and that could come full circle with them to meet in a WrestleMania and I think that would be an awesome story to tell and um, this is my um I was about to say it's my favorite WWE story in a long long time just because I didn't expect it yeah I never thought I never thought Vince would submit do you know what I mean Steph like the way he didn't with Cena I thought uh oh, Ro- you know Roman's going to be a baby face for life but this is you know, he for me, he's going to be an enormous baby face when crowds are back and eventually they turn. Um, I just think it's going to be amazing. We do have a super chat from our good guy, Bacon Russia. Um, do you think AEW could be bigger than WWE in the UK eventually with AEW being on free TV, even though it's not blooming live on ITV? <laughs> hashtag Steph's take. Hashtag JTJ jam that jam. Um, Steph, I'll let you take this then. Yes, um, 100%. I think the only thing that holds AEW back in the UK is the not having a great platform, like their UK airing on ITV. It's it's not great. Half the time people ask me, when is AEW on ITV? I have I don't know. I think it's on ITV 4 at 11 p.m. on Friday night, but I learned that fact about two days ago, if it's even true. Um, so they just don't have that platform and also with the pandemic they can't do live shows in the uk either recently but their show like the way i see it like nitro is the kind of show that would just grab you when you're channel hopping or something that will that you'll give a chance to and there's probably all these people that we don't know about who watch wwe that don't talk about it like they're not on twitter there's so many people like that out there that if they were, that probably don't even know what AEW is, like you can't underestimate how much people don't know all the stuff that we know, you know, because yeah, we're, yeah. we're nerds. Everyone on Twitter is a nerd. Like, let's be honest, you know, we are, we're total nerds. There are people that are just happy to sit down and watch WWE and not think any more about it the way that you might be happy to um sit down and watch EastEnders, but not go and read into like in-depth stuff about the characters, future spoilers, what's happening with the actors, like you just possibly yeah. watch it. And unless you're channel hopping and find Coronation Street, you're never going to know that there's another soap out, up, out there that you might like more. And I think AEW needs that. If you could get it on, like, I think maybe Channel 4, Channel 5, like totally um, on a more primetime slot is aiming to high, but even if you got like a show on a good channel in the morning to get like those kids in as well, uh, I think AEW could definitely do. And I also think that because WWE has been around for so long um, and in the UK, I think at the minute it's just everyone that's gonna know about it or has a chance of liking it seems to already know about it. And they may be kind of just turned off by something that's not necessarily true, but like just the idea of, american wrestling and maybe finding it in some way silly or Mm. like they already have that implanted in their mind but if you could tell people that wrestling's not just wwe like there's something else i think for uk market aw would work really well and you have to imagine like the, the thing for me 
is I will watch NXT first just because it's easier, right? Like, it's like it, when I wake up on Thursday mornings, it's there on my Virgin box ready to go. And um, that that is an advantage they have. I've said this to Cody and Tony Khan, and I know that they are striving for a live show. Um, you got to remember the thing as well. Like ITV don't promote AEW at all. Like yeah, nothing yeah. socially, nothing, you know, there's no adverts placed around to say, you know, make sure you catch this. It's just there. Imagine if they had a partner that really cared about pushing them. They would have made me even more of an indent than they already have. So um, I, I do believe that there is something there 100 um, percent. It's just a case of and Cody said this to me. Sometimes you have to build trust because you forget they are like a brand new company getting these like international deals. Um, and I think. You know, show me what they've done now. And that's part of why Cody showed the results the other day of how well they've done, because they're trying to show people that they're worth investing in and trusting. And that's something that TNT have already taken the leap with. So very interesting. Um, super chat from Rian here. Sorry. Um, imagine the go home show with crowds. Heyman versus Rock on the mic and Roman doing his thing. Segment of the year potential. Rian. You're going to turn me into Steph Chase with G1 and and Dynamite all in one go here. Um, man, this gets like, – I, I, I think it's very common knowledge. I am one of The Rock's biggest fans. Um, I even tweeted him today shooting my shot, like, pretty pleased, Rock. <laughs> yeah, I mean, unashamedly, to be honest, Steph, um, I will beg. Don't think I won't. Um, but, yeah, man, that, that would just be insane. I actually believe we have a hot take from Rian. Um, with a, an AEW connotation. So let's get that up on the boards. Hi, Alex. I am back. After Monday, I gave you guys a, on TalkSport, I gave you and Will a brilliant AEW pitch for the TNT tournament. And I come back for the world title tournament, I apologize. And I come back bearing another AEW pitch. I'm currently watching AEW Dynamite right now and I'm watching this fail for a tag match. And what I want to know is do you guys want to see John Silver as Team T champion before the end of 2021. He's full of charisma. He's a BTE MVP. John Silver for Team T champion. Give me a yes, please. Hot take in. Yes. <laughs> See, yes from me. I admire his confidence for starting his hot take with, I've already given you a great idea, but here's another one. <laughs> you went all Vince, or like Vince Roman on it. I've given it to you and I'm going to keep giving it to you, whether you like it or not. Um, no, I, I like it very much, Rianne. Thank you very much for that hot take, my friend. Um, I think we've already waxed lyrical about John Silver on this show. And yeah, I would love to see him, um, you know, migrate or graduate his way to like the TNT title. I think Steph was onto something earlier when Dark Order finally breaks down. That actually might be the way we see that. I think he'd be the perfect person to kind of lead the rebellion against Brody Lee when it does break down and if Brody Lee is back for the TNT title at that time and it's going to end and with them having a match with Silver gets title, then that would be that would be pretty good booking. Yeah, I I think um he's one of those that is just kind of getting momentum. I feel like the more and more we see him, the more prominent he'll become. Um, I think there's a lot to see from John Silver. I'm not saying you know defrain Moxley now, but there is a lot more to him, right? Um, that that reminds me. Before I get to our final hot take of the evening, Steph, um, <laughs> we would we didn't really talk beyond the tournament earlier, right? With Omega, um, I think everyone thinks Omega Page is going to be the final. Um, I would personally, and I've, I tweeted this out, I'd like to see Omega win. I'd like to see him eventually dethrone Moxley and then Page eventually dethrone Omega. That's how I'd like to see it go. Um, talk to me, Steph. What do you think? 
Um, I like that take. However, it does completely ignore Eddie Kingston. Okay. <laughs> Moxie and I would like I honestly Moxie's been such a great champion but there's a part of me and I don't think it's going to happen because I love Eddie Kingston so much and I think that he not saying that he doesn't have much time left but the window of him as a wrestler is closing I would give Eddie Kingston that belt as like a shock move and then you know everyone else can do whatever they want but I would give Eddie Kingston that belt, even if it's just like a total, a couple of weeks run, or maybe Eddie could have it and then John could head to Japan self-isolate uh, defend his US title against Kenta or Tana um, or something like that, but I totally would go with your idea if Kingston doesn't get the belt uh, I do see a comment here from Kevin did they already talk about NXT's main event? Yes we did Kevin, you'll be able to go back as soon as this yes as soon as this broadcast ends, you'll be able to go back and catch it, my friend. Fear not. Um, we've got two more bits of business to get to before we finish up the hour. One is a hot take. But before we get to that as a closer, talk to me about the guy, Ibushi, and the G1. <laughs> okay, so um, everyone might not know this yet, but I'm a huge Jay White supporter. So No. Yeah, I just thought I'd come out and say it in the first place. He's your rock, right? He, well, I wouldn't go that far because he's not <laughs> really the longevity of the rock yet. But he, and you've actually interviewed Jay White, right? So, you know, oh, you, there you yeah. go. Uh, oh, yeah. The, <laughs> and you haven't interviewed the rock. Oh. Oh, don't do me like that on air. Come on. <laughs> but Coda, okay, the G1 final, actual final, Coda and Samana, was not as good as previous G1 finals. And that was not the fault of one Kota Ibushi. Um, I don't think that Sonata was ready for that position. I think Kota did everything he could to drag an exciting match out of out of Sonata, but it didn't happen. As far as Kota being the winner two years in a row, he does deserve it. But they're at this place where they have to pull that trigger on Kota soon because Coda looks it's like he's 21, and the secret is that he's not. Mm. He's a lot closer to 40 than he is to 20, and the time the time is now with Coda. But after the match, the angle, you know, I was sitting watching watching the G1 final. I felt a little bit deflated, like, oh, so that's that. Like it was a little bit like a disappointing Christmas. Yeah. Never turn off your TV at the end of a match in New Japan because <laughs> then we had the press conference where Jay White came out and has challenged him now for his briefcase. So we'll see what happens uh, at Power Struggle with that. But that was certainly a nice little surprise. We've had so many great surprises in wrestling this week. I know. I mean, I like it that we're keeping Jay White challenging for the briefcase in the same vein as a show tune, right? I mean, they're in the same breath. Now I'm just thinking, what if he had sang? Yeah. Kota. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, just like that, I'm sure. MJF would have toes curled hearing that. Um, just a few comments here. Any news on WWE matches for Hell in a Cell, please? Sorry, um, there's only four at the moment. The free cell matches, Elias and Jeff Hardy. I expect SmackDown, a couple will be fleshed out. And then, you know the drill. 
on social media on Sunday to be like, oh, and for the pre-show. You know how WWE like to do that. Um, I do want to bring this up from Pablo. Dragunov versus Walter next week. Yes, absolutely. Very excited about that. Steph, did you catch the NXT UK um, tag team match? I know you don't love the brand. So if anyone anyone ready for another Steph hot take, it's probably incoming. Um, but this tag match was really, really good. Pete Dunne, um, Ilya Dragunov, uh, Alexander Wolf, and Walter. I'll take it <laughs> <laughs> She's not even trying to hide it. That's fine. That is fine. It was fantastic. Great match. Well done, guys. I can't wait to see you next week. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's get to the last hot take. Hi. Um, my wrestling hot take... I actually kind of liked DX 2006. I know that it was TVPG at that time, and um, it, they weren't really going to do it the way it used to, and they were just trying to recapture that old magic. But that, to me, that was part of the brilliance because I, I like the moments where Sean couldn't participate and Triple H had to send him off so the one girl could, you know, flash him her breasts, and they were doing the old jokes. And the Vince Cock thing is, you know, you either like it or you don't. But I, I don't know. I liked it overall. I've never heard a better question. Out of context, the Vince Cock thing, you <laughs> Yeah, I'm not sure how many times that's been shed in the positive light that we just saw. I mean, I really wanted it to be a bad take so I could play this. Cocaine's a hell of a drug. <laughs> and maybe Vince's cock joke falls under that. I don't know. Um, but yeah, um, DX in 2006. I didn't hate it. I didn't think is that a common conception that it's it was poor. I don't think it was awful. It wasn't kind of the magic of the original run, but I thought it was a cool. The way it came back together, I thought was quite cool at the time. Yeah, I thought it was absolutely fine. I thought it was. I I also liked the stuff where Sean couldn't participate. Yeah, I thought that was funny as well. Uh, it was good. It was just like two men that are too old to be doing that kind of humor doing it. Good comment. Good comment. Um, no, you're 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 right. I think they adapted well with their age and, and what DX was, and there was plenty of kind of like cool moments for me. Um, it's funny that Stan is Ty Dillinger for anyone who didn't know that, by the way. Um, but yeah, I, I, it was going to be what it was going to be, wasn't it? I still think it was fine that they did it. Like it, it was one of them things. If they hadn't done it, people would have been like, "Oh, well, you know, there was a whole new era of people they could have worked with, and they didn't." So eh, I'm fine with it, Steph. I think. Uh, and Sean is a really interesting character study and a person who, when he was young, put so much stock in being young and young and hot and could do out of everything. But once he um, found his friend Jesus and got a bit older, there is no one who is more comfortable with the fact that they are old there than Shawn Michaels and making fun of it like I'm thinking back to that uh, NXT in your house thing where he was pretending to use the computer oh yeah <laughs> like Shawn has found a great way um to make fun of himself um, for yeah. so yeah and Rian says God was a better tag team partner for Triple H there's a hot take <laughs> okay Rian God damn you and your hot takes, my friend. Well, that actually, I literally just looked at the clock like, oh, damn, it's been an hour. So thank you so much, guys, um, for all the comments and the people that have got involved. Um, the super chats have been great. So thank you very much for that. Um, Steph, 
I've been delighted with you and your hot takes. You've taken over, man. Uh, Louis, Louis and SB3, are, they're sweating. I don't want to bring down Russell talk. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like it. I like it. Um, so thank you very much, Steph. Can't wait to have you again next Thursday. Steph will be here every Thursday, giving her expertise on all things AEW and, and New Japan. But let me tell you, that's not just all she knows. She knows all her wrestling. I just need her for those because <laughs> my New Japan isn't as sharp as Steph's. It's very hard to be as sharp as Steph's, all right? So I need to get some backup. Um, so thank you so much, guys. Remember, you can catch the podcast on Spotify, Apple, and all these uh, different outlets if you didn't catch the full show. And, of course, the ad version of this show will be up on YouTube shortly, so you can go back and catch that NXT main event stuff. So thank you very much, guys. And I will be back with Louis Dangor at 8 p.m. tomorrow, and you can catch Steph and the hottest takes in the business next Thursday. Bye. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.